Hello and welcome to another episode of Around the Gavel. I'm your host, Sarah Morris, and today we have a very special guest with us, Miss Bonnie Leonardo at LJ Law. She is the owner of LG Law and she practices in the area of family law, bankruptcy, and foreclosure defense, right? Yes. Thank you for coming on the Thank show. you for having me. How long have you been practicing? 16 years now. Okay, that's what I thought because I think we went to school at the same time. That's correct, yes. I went to the yeah. night program. Right, mm-hmm. and I was in the day program. That's right. So can you give me a little bit of background about yourself, um, how you got into law? Well, my story's uh, kind of funny. I must be one of those weird people um, that uh, knew they wanted to be an attorney at age 11. Wow, that is um, crazy. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, I I was in a class, it was an English class, and the teacher had asked a question about a pencil and asked the students to des- describe what the pencil was. And everybody was saying, oh, it's a writing instrument, it's a pencil. And I just said, well, it's more than that. It's kind of like, it's wood, it's part of a tree. And so I went deeper into what it was. And he said, that is exactly how attorneys thought. And so that just sparked me. And I thought, you know what? I like that. I think that's what I want to do because I like to think that way and just kind of break things down that way. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting story. <laughs> I know, right? It's kind of odd. Yeah. But it's good. Mm-hmm. You've been wanting to do it for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for the last 16 years, um, have you been in, what, what have you been doing? Well, um, I have three children. So I was raising children. I had a uh, financial planning business while I was raising my kids and while I was going to school. So that's why I did the night program at UNLV. Uh, so I was able to continue running the pro- the business, going to school, taking care of the kids. Um, after graduating law school, I started just doing family law just for friends and acquaintances and people that would refer people, myself and other two other of my uh, classmates. We started doing that while I still ran the, my financial planning business and took care of the kids. Um, then I um, I got burned out, I think, owning my own business, and so I decided it was time for me to just work for somebody where I could just put in my time and then go home and take care of the family. Uh, so I did that for a while, but then, of course, the bug hit again, and mm-hmm. so I decided, you know what, I, I want to start my own firm. And so in 2014, I opened up the firm. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And financial planning that ties into estate planning. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. Yes. It's all pretty much a big circle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. sure you have a little bit of background in estate planning based on that. A little bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on our podcast, on this podcast, we've talked a lot about estate planning and real estate because those are our big practice areas. Mm-hmm. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about pre and post nuptial agreements because they relate to both real estate and estate planning. I, it, they come up a lot. And I understand that's definitely something that you do. Yes. Firm. And actually, yes, it is funny. They do uh, relate more so than people think. Um, the prenuptial and postnuptial agreements are obviously most of them are done for division of assets mm-hmm. after someone's death or the termination of a, of a marriage. Right. But what most people don't know about them is that they can be used as part of an estate planning insofar as you're able to, uh, when you designate your property, you can name your property um, such as uh, personal property or community property. And so based on that division and the um, the way that you label that property is how you can de- later divide the property upon the termination of the marriage. Mm-hmm. So that's really helpful. And a lot of people don't really understand that that is a really good tool for estate planning. Uh, it's not a substitution 
for right. wills or for trusts. Absolutely not. But it does go hand in hand and is really helpful to use both at the same time. Yeah, agreed. Because mm -hmm. I, I actually had a client come in on Friday um, for a consult on a trust and he's planning on getting married in the next year. And so he, uh, he did ask me about a prenup. And of course, I don't practice in that area, but it came up because he has separate property. He has actually four condos right now that he rents out and mm -hmm. he wanted to make sure that those were kept separate. And of course we talked about um, how he needs to make sure they're not commingling. Like yeah, she's not, yes. meaning she's not paying the bills, right? Mm -hmm. For the condos. Right. Because then it all of a sudden might become a community That's asset. so important that you address that with him. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of people don't really realize that even though um, it is separate property, even if you put any money towards any kind of renovations or anything, you could be commingling. Okay. So that's that's really important. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I that's the only thing I know. About that. <laughs> that's where I'm And I that's tell a really him. important point. So I, that, that was a good that was a good thing for you to tell him, yes. Um but yeah, so prenuptial agreements are they're good, especially in a community property state. Nevada, um, as a community property state, any kind of property, any kind of debt, any kind of assets that you accumulate during your marriage are immediately 50-50, and mm -hmm. that's what a community state looks at, how they look at property. And so if you wish to divide that property any differently, you have to have some sort of agreement between the two people, and so that's when a prenup or postnup comes in. Okay. And just to be very clear, if if somebody gets married and one of them is the primary breadwinner and they buy a house and it, let's say it's a man, right? Mm -hmm. He is paying all the bills for the house. He purchased the house. Of course, the woman is at home um, taking care of the children, mm -hmm. right? more like a traditional um, thing. That house that he purchased, even though it wasn't purchased with community funds, it, it is community property, is what you're saying? It depends on how it was purchased. So, for example, if, they, if the house was purchased while they were married mm -hmm. and he used the funds that he earns that he brings home and puts in the joint account, he purchases this house, this house then becomes community property. If, for example, he purchases the house during the marriage but with income that was separate, and apart from the marriage, prior to the marriage, then it would be considered or could be considered uh, personal property, separate property. What about businesses? If, if he owns a business prior to marriage and then he gets married mm -hmm. and there's no prenup in place, nothing going on, his business interest in his interest in that business, what, what is that considered? Well, again, it goes back to how involved is she with the business? What... Um, is she playing any role in the business? Is she contributing anything to the business? If it is solely separate and it had nothing to do with community funds from the marriage, everything was separate prior to the marriage and she has no involvement in it, mm -hmm. then there's a good case for um, him having that as a separate property. But again, there have been cases where we have argued that um, even though she had nothing to do with the marriage, I mean, with the business, and it was purchased prior to the marriage, the fact that he, his time was taken away from the community right. to go work towards the business. And the fact that she then had to um, make up his share of maybe the, being a dad or taking care of the household or something like that to help him do his business. We have seen cases where we can argue that her time could be considered part, have okay. some part of that business. So it depends on the situation. Every situation is different. We would obviously have to look at every... Right. Every facts. issue and every fact and every case. But there are arguments to be made. 
Okay. So that's why it's important, I think. Uh, I'm a big proponent of the prenuptials and the postnuptials um, because it just alleviates a lot of the arguments, the hassle the, during, during the marriage as well because both parties know exactly where they stand. Mm-hmm. And so there's, not, there's a lot of um, arguments as to monetary issues in marriages, as you know. And this kind of alleviates a lot of that because everyone, everyone in the marriage has then come to an agreement, knows what they're saying, and there's no arguments there. Right. And also later on in the division of the assets is much easier with your will and sense. with your trust, yeah. you know, so it's really good. Yeah, everybody knows where they stand when they start. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. And then let's talk about postnuptial agreements because they're, to me, at least in, in my line of practice, more rare. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me just what a postnuptial agreement is? It's basically the same thing as a prenuptial where you still want to have your assets protected in the event that the marriage is dissolved uh, by either divorce or death, but you enter into this after the marriage. Okay. And uh, because it is entered after the marriage, you want to make sure that you get an attorney who really knows what they're doing to make sure that they follow the laws of each state. Each state has different laws. Um, and so you don't want to do or make an agreement that is going to be invalidated later on because different laws were not followed. For example, um, when you're doing a prenuptial agreement, let's just use that as an example, um, when you give the prenuptial agreement to your spouse, one, you have to make sure that all the assets have been disclosed. Okay, two, you have to make sure that your spouse has ample opportunity to review this and sign it before the marriage. You don't want to say, oh, by the way, we're getting married tomorrow. Here's a prenup. Why don't you read it and sign mm, it? Okay. They want to have an opportunity to be able to review it, to have separate counsel okay. so that it is not a coercion, so to speak, so that it's not invalidated later on. So there are things okay. that you must follow okay. to make sure that it's done correctly. Okay. And in these pre- and post-nuptial agreements, because, of course, I've seen some, um, it seems like there's generally a, a Schedule A or an Exhibit A that lists the separate property. Yes. Is that right? That's okay. right. So that is a way to be upfront in good faith. You label on everything so that everybody's aware of what the other party has. So later on, they can say, I wasn't aware of it. He didn't disclose everything. And so it would be a way to invalidate that agreement. So full disclosure, very important. Okay. And then let's talk a little bit about, you know, because this comes up a lot, I think, in many attorney's practices somewhere, somehow, um, if you are doing a prenup or a postnup, and like you said, you want to make sure that the other side, whoever has retained you, the other spouse, has an opportunity to have this reviewed by outside counsel. If they decline, then of course they're going to sign a waiver that they're declining, but I, I think you probably really urge them to do, to do it. I right? do. I do. I think um, it's important. Again, I'm always thinking um, ahead. Uh, the couple are doing this because they want their wishes to be followed. Mm-hmm. And if we don't take into consideration what could happen if things are not done correctly, then it's really for naught mm-hmm. if we don't do it correctly at the beginning. So, yes, I'm a big proponent of please go see an outside counsel, independent counsel, and just have them review it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when we do, when I do estate planning, that that's one of the things we immediately ask for is if there is a pre- or post-nuptial agreement because, mm-hmm. of course, that is going to factor in right <laughs> to any yeah. kind of an estate plan <laughs> that's correct we uh-huh. need to know exactly what the assets are mm-hmm. who owns them and how they're held and mm-hmm. what we're going to do with them mm-hmm. to potentially protect them or just uh, make it so that they don't have to go through probate court mm-hmm. um, so and the other thing I, I didn't mention in the beginning is bonnie speaks spanish yes right? which is amazing <laughs> yes i do have quite a bit of a latino following in that's, my practice yes that's great so if you need a spanish-speaking family law 
bankruptcy or uh, foreclosure defense attorney, then she is the one. Yes. And when we talk about foreclosure defense, mm-hmm. which is real estate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about just to, can you explain what foreclosure defense is? What I handle in foreclosure defense is primarily um, foreclosures of properties, of residential homes. So I defend against people who are behind um, in their loan, in their payments uh, from getting foreclosed upon. Okay. So I do a lot of uh, loan modifications and I do a lot of um, foreclosure defense in the fa- in the sense that I go before the, um, the state to uh, have the lender come to the mediation mm-hmm. and sit with the people and try to come to uh, some sort of solution to be able to save their homes. Okay, got it. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about while we're on the podcast? No, I just think that, uh, I think it's important. I I, I really am glad that we sat down and talked about this because I want people to understand and to be aware that prenuptial, postnuptial agreements do really go hand in hand with estate planning. And it's really important for for couples who are contemplating um, wills, trusts, prenuptial agreements to work with them together because they really do benefit each other. Right. And, you know, let me just say this. I also had a couple that came in um, last week, an older couple, and I incorrectly, mistakenly assumed they were married and they weren't, which I was actually happy to hear because Mm -hmm. good for them. You Mm -hmm. know, you don't have to be married, but they were living together. Both of their spouses had passed away. Mm -hmm. So, and they were neighbors apparently and they got together. Mm -hmm. So, um, in that scenario, um, can what happens <clears throat> since they aren't married? Is their stuff just considered separate? Yes. In general. Yes. Okay. Yes. Obviously, we're not going to fall into the marriage and to the family law because they're. It would be more like an, a, a contract or an agreement between two parties and two. Because um, we don't have common law marriage. No common law in Nevada, yeah. so therefore we won't be able to. Yeah. In other states, there are, and that then could take. Pre- you know, you can then participate in. Pre and the post nuptial after I believe it's seven years in other states, but don't quote me. I'm not sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, but Nevada, no. So I think it would, we look at it more as a contract okay. here in Nevada. But you would have to have a contract. Yes, okay. you would have to write okay. a contract, and you would have to define exactly what assets and how they're going to be held. Great, yeah, because mm-hmm. they came in with their separate trusts that they just needed amendments to, which was mm-hmm. great, fine. Uh, but I just thought it was a it was a good example of a situation where yeah we're seeing that more and more where couples are not married and now they're they're co-mingling things or they want to keep them separated or however they want to do it but still that's also an important and maybe another topic for a different podcast Podcast. for you to cover that yes how do you do when you are not married and how do you protect your assets when you're not married right yeah right good idea Mm -hmm. well thank you so much Bonnie thank you for having me I had a good time and we'll see you next time